Before we get to our show, here is a podcast we think you're going to love. Hello, this is Eric Carter-Landine, the host and producer of True Consequences, a true crime and mystery podcast with stories based in New Mexico and the American desert southwest. We'll uncover cases such as the Toy Box Killer, one of the worst serial rapists and suspected serial killers in New Mexico's history. We will also discuss mysteries such as alien sightings, as well as hauntings and other weird things that happen in this area of the country. I hope you'll give me a chance and listen to True Consequences. I think you might enjoy it. You can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Yay! Today is a very historic day. A historic day indeed. This is the 100th episode of Perhaps It's You. Can you believe we've made it to 100 episodes? No. No, I can't. If you're counting at home, yes, that does include some specials, some pupcasts, some bonus episodes. But it is 100 times that we have sat down and recorded free content for you. It doesn't include Patreon Our episodes. dear listeners, this is the 100th but time. We did this when we could have been doing anything else. Yeah. And you're welcome. You're so welcome. You're welcome. And we're here today with some flights of polar water to celebrate this historic time with the company that we keep giving free advertising to for some goddamn reason. But also, we have a very special guest today. A fan favorite. It's Mac. Hello. Everybody has a voice crush on Mac. So he's here to celebrate a hundred times that he wasn't able to make noise in his own home. <laughs> Thank you for being with us, sir. The dogs would also like to announce that they are here. Yes, the pod dogs Lenny are here. Curtis. Everyone's here for this historic occasion where we can look back on me and Samantha going to the Brooklyn Park Library to record our first episode. We allegedly cut some zip ties off some cords and threaded them through the we wall we didn't actually have to do that we oh no we didn't considered it we did consider it for a second i almost implicated us in a crime but we didn't actually commit a crime no it was we did a crime we didn't but we did struggle to get the cords right at the brooklyn park library and we still ended up with a episode that's weirdly in stereo yeah so you can go back listen to our first episode we didn't think anyone would listen to this and then we went on to have the like 37th top tv podcast and Belgium or something. Croatia? Yeah, I think it was Croatia. Or was it Finland? We're huge in Finland. We're really big in Finland one week. So <laughs> For one week, we were really big in Finland. I mean, it's been a, quite a journey. Yeah. Samantha and I didn't know each other that well when we started this ridiculous exercise. It's weird to think that we didn't. This has really brought us together. It's introduced us to our dear listeners it's we took a, tr- a business trip we're, yeah we, we're start, a business we started now? a business we have a shadow box full of weird stuff people have sent us like, who could have seen this coming <laughs> certainly not me. when i was counting on one hand the number of people i would get to listen to this podcast the five listeners of which mac was supposed to be one <laughs> <laughs> and here we are thriving Despite that discouragement, like a like a weed growing out of a crack in the sidewalk, we're still going. <laughs> Cheers right. to that! Cheers to Congratulations. that! Congratulations! Congratulations! Oh, we're raising you. a glass. I don't know which one this is. We have three different polar waters. Cheers! Cheers! Thank you. We're drinking seltzer aid. 
which seems to be the only one we can get our hands on in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. We have a cherry limeade, mango limeade, and watermelon. Is it lemonade? Yes. Delicious. I really like the cherry. I think that's my favorite. Mm. I'm going with mango, but watermelon is oh, a strong contender. Mango's solid. What do you think, Mac? They're good. Uh, I'm going to go with watermelon on the... Yeah, the favorite. It's really yeah. good. It's really delicious. We also have a box of English Cadbury chocolates sent to us by listener Becky. It was sort of a happy accident that I forgot them last time we recorded because so now, now we, we have celebrate. them for our 100th episode. I would like to see what Double Decker is all about. Okay, okay. Let's open it up. People love that crackle eat, noise. Eat get it that, right into the mic. Yeah. yeah. Get that. I, we're experts. We're professionals. <laughs> we know how to podcast. Yeah. So this is one thing people love on a podcast. Is when you stop to eat. Yeah. Oh, there's like... It looks chewy. Like it must be... <laughs> oh, Liz is pulling it yeah, apart. Would you some like nougat. some... Yeah. There's, there's a considerable amount of nougat in a double-decker. And a crispy part. Look, It looks like a... Uh, it's a bit like a Milky Way with some like... Rice Krispie bits in it. Hmm. Yeah. Exactly. It's got a. It's got a. From just looking at it, it, it'd be a Nestle Crunch with a Snickers mm. top. Like if instead of peanuts, you had Nestle Crunch. That would, hmm. Except that there's caramel in. Uh, I kind of don't like the nougat part though. Hmm. It's very sweet. Like holy shit, that is a lot of sugar. That will keep me awake while we make this podcast. Is there another one you want to try right now? Wasn't there one that was your favorite? Oh, yeah. Let's have some flake. I want to try that one. Love a flake. All right. Liz handed me a flake. Oh, <laughs> it's very light. It's, it's just like light chocolate. It looks like a chocolate piece of asbestos. <laughs> it is. That was the inspiration. I was trying to describe this. It's like folded in on itself, kind of like an intestine or something. Yeah, right. that's definitely what I want to think it's about while I eat it. It's an unappetizing piece of candy, looking or, piece of candy. But I'm gonna taste it. Croissant, kind of. Yeah, it's a, it's a, like a croissant. That's that much not more. how I expected it to taste. But it's good. It's a little chalky. It is a little chalky. This might not be the world's freshest flake. I don't know. How I feel about the flake. All right, well, more for me then. <laughs> yeah. It's described as the crumbliest, flakiest milk oh, chocolate. Oh, no. <laughs> this one makes the biggest mess of any chocolate bar on the market. I mean, it says best before December 2020, so we supposedly have a whole other year to eat this, but I'm skeptical of that. Mac, I am noticing you're not really giving us any accolades. I'm like, wait, I'm like leaving <laughs> healthy pregnant pauses for you. Me to just chip in with, uh, with congratulations. Yeah, and I'm, it's like weirdly quiet from your side of the table. <laughs> Sorry, I um, tell everybody that I'm pulling out like a big novelty sized check. Uh, <laughs> like you won a golf tournament. Yeah. and. Um, Publishers clearing Yeah, house. here it is. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Wow, this zero dollar, zero cent check is amazing, Mac. It's no, like, you're like, well, not... I spent all the money on the novelty check. Yeah, <laughs> that was the, you'd be shocked at the, the cost of getting one of those printed. Um, but uh, no, this is great. Congratulations. This is, you know, you guys have come a long way. It's been... How long has it been? Is it almost two like years? Two years? Yeah. Over, yeah. A little over two years? Yeah. So that's something. That's, Time flies, but yeah. it's something. It's been a journey of aliens, murder, and friendship. <laughs> that should go on a t shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Aliens, murder, and friendship. <laughs> the occasional hedgehog crop circle. Occasional hedgehog. The, many a mustache. 
credits. So yeah. Oh yeah. That was actually Mac's idea, everyone. Yeah, the Mac gets credits for for rating the mustaches the, the, on the, the show. Best mustache of the episode. Yeah. yeah. It's it stands out immediately when you start watching the program. I don't know if it's just the time period or there's are so many cops. I think or it's the I think it's the the, thing. the the culmination of the two. Yeah, probably. There's the occasional mullet as well. Sure. Yeah, sure. We've done a best mullet a couple times. Been some really standout mustaches though. <laughs> yeah. What, did you have a favorite mustache? You know, the walrus comes to mind, but sure. also, do you remember that guy that had the extremely long white mustache? Yeah. That was also quite unruly. I was looking through <laughs> our Instagram last night, and that one stood out to me. I don't remember what we called it, but it was no, I, I, like I, a I mad scientist mustache yeah. almost. Yeah. Yeah, the guy, the guy saying, sir, give me the walrus. The that- <laughs> That stands out Definitely. for sure. Yeah, I don't know how you ask for that at the at the barber shop, or if you just do that yourself at home and uh... give me the walrus. Yeah. I think yeah, they just know what that means. Yeah. Give me the walrus. When you go to the barber shop, do you have to t- say I don't want a mustache? Yeah, unless you specify not to, they will automatically give you a mustache. Um, Is there like a chart of mustaches on the wall? You just like point to the one you want. No, they. And then if you point to Hitler, everybody just like shakes shakes their their head at you. You You still get it, but it's but it's with shame. And they don't they don't like put the lotion or anything on afterward. They oh yeah, they let you get razor burn. Um, It's a. no, no, I, I don't think a uh, barbershop has really put up the, the menu since, you know, the mid-60s at this point, so. Well, this is clearly when this country lost its way. Yeah. You know what, since Pinterest, I'm sure, yeah, yeah. You can just the barbershop me- menu has really gone by the, the wayside. <laughs> so disappointing. Everybody just wants one Final Fantasy character or another at this point, so it's, uh... Did we have Lenny when we started this podcast? We didn't have Curtis. No, Curtis is a yeah. Curtis is wow. was, you, it was a uh, season two. The ratings were dropping, so you were trying to yeah. charge up a little, you know. And I brought in asked a cute little Samantha, kid. should I get a second dog? And she was like, absolutely. <laughs> I'll always say yes to that question. Yeah, she she did really talk me into it, so it's all her fault. Curtis has has you to thank for. Also, no, Curtis all hates my, me. So well, but I he, mean, he little me. does he know. Yeah. <laughs> all my house plants are also Samantha's fault. That's her doing. Just I'll, her always, presence. I'll always encourage a houseplant. Yeah. Well, I guess we can talk about Unsolved Mysteries, the thing that this podcast is supposedly about. It's supposed to be about Unsolved Mysteries. I kind of wish we were doing a different episode for our 100th. <sighs> yeah, this but is such an occasion. This is a weird episode. We're, we're here in ball gowns. Max wearing a tuxedo, and yet this is the episode we have to talk yeah. about. It's a shame. What I even read? The- for no good reason. You can just yeah. take that cummerbund okay. off. If you- that'll be more comfortable for you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm I'm removing one of the corsets, but I'm leaving on the under corset. Okay. So. Well. Right. I mean, this is a special occasion. Yeah. 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 So come on. Okay. So Max Grandma, who I know doesn't listen to this podcast, I refer to her as Prim Grandma. And we were, you know, all at a wedding once, and it was very warm. It was at the Henry Ford Mansion. Uh, Fancy. Outside of the yeah. Detroit. That's why we went. We thought it was going to be, like, amazing. It was just a wedding. It was okay, whatever. Sure. But, you know, it's an old house. They didn't have, like, air conditioning. So it was very warm in there. And a member of at Max's family asked if he was allowed to remove his jacket. <laughs> And it was like, well, go ask your grandma, see what she says. And her answer was, 
let your conscience be your guide. <laughs> <laughs> Whether or not you just take your jacket take off. Your yeah. Jacket off in a ninety degree room. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I guide. that's what I say to Mac now. I'm gonna yeah. answer his tuxedo. Yeah, every question. <laughs> Let your conscience the, be your guy. When the answer is clearly if you do, I will like be mad about yeah, it. Uh, this will go down in the book of things grandma is pissed about. Uh, I was like, I can't this. believe so and so took off their dinner jacket at a boiling hot wedding. Yeah. He should have just Drip. Yeah, you gotta soak through. You know, get the get the. Unless you're fainting because you've lost so much water through perspiration. <laughs> but now I say that all the time. You should have to wring the jacket out when you. Yeah, uh, yeah. You Let take your it conscience off. be your guide. <laughs> oh, prim grandma. Amazing. Fortunately, I don't think she knows what podcasts are, so we're cool. not really a techie. Uh, uh, really? Grandma's <laughs> not a techie? Yeah, if you can imagine. So if you're watching along at home, we're on what is currently called Season 4, Episode 20. 20. Of Unsolved Mysteries, yeah. If you're watching this on our evil overlords, we're Amazon. speeding right along Season 4. Should you sign up for Amazon to watch this? No. You can watch it for free on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And Pluto has some kind of channel. And yeah, Roku has a channel, too. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of different... There's like those sort of off-brand Roku channels, and a few of them mm-hmm. have. Uh, mm-hmm. There's an Unsolved Mysteries one. Yeah. So don't bother. Film Rise, maybe is that one? Uh, that's the people that make uh, uh Forensic Files. Oh, okay. But there is a Forensic Files channel also. Mm. A lot Great. of ads. Wow. So you can just if you already have Netflix, I would kind of recommend watching Forensic Files on that. Sure. Anyway, Amazon sucks. The end. <laughs> We are now... This episode is bad. This one is weird. Not only is it bad, but it's weird. It's bad for our 100th. It's bad for our polar water flight. It's bad for any time. But you know what? We make the best of it. That's what we do on this podcast. This podcast is all about We make lemons into seltzerade. Yeah, we really do. We sure do. We we spin that straw right into gold. Send us money, polar. (laughs) Yeah. And then we say, we want more gold. Sign up for our Patreon. This gold was not enough. Cash for gold. uh. Yeah. (laughs) That's our next scheme. Use use coupon code, perhaps, to get 10% off. Is this a good idea? Perhaps. (laughs) That's how you can remember our non-existent coupon code. Brilliant. All right. So, first case. Was this a wanted? I don't even know. Um, I didn't write it down. I, I think don't it was think a it had a little thing at the beginning, did it? I'm not sure anyone had any hope of ever catching this man, but I guess technically it's wanted. Okay. This is the case of Richard Minns, and he sucked. That's basically the case. Tan, chiseled Richard Minns. Yeah, he did really work on his abs before that was a thing, but you would hope that was his only claim to fame. No. Sadly not. So, um, we learn of this story through uh, Jenny Smith, who used to be known as Barbara Petrowski, um, and she has been paralyzed from the waist down. The chest down. Oh, right. I think. Yeah. yeah. And who does she hold responsible for this? Richard Mintz. So, the two of them begin what Robert Stack refers to as a love affair in 1977, uh, you might just call that like dating. I don't. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a romantic way of saying. It. Well, I mean, it's later revealed. Well, yeah, I guess it is he, an affair. It is an affair. Right? True. Married, Fair enough. So. True. Um, 
so they met on the ski slopes of Aspen at the time she was 23 and he was 47. So just a little bit more than twice her age. Yeah. Yeah. But that tan, man. <laughs> he was very tan. Yeah, that tan. Uh, yeah, you know, he probably looked a bit younger than 47. So, Just a bit. <laughs> yeah, may, maybe if we're being generous for no good reason. So the story is that when they met, he was wearing a fluorescent green ski suit, which I think is actually required when you go skiing. And that he at first was like being like really like over the top and trying to impress her, but she wasn't impressed. So he like immediately switched gears and acted like he was like really shy and. Oh, yeah. Um, this is a manipulator through and through. Yeah, because he she, Barbara which is what she was known as at the time. It was a few, former beauty queen. So he just like took one look at her and was like, I want Barbara. So he, he put on all the charms. Uh, he had a bunch of money from a chain of health spas. I Googled this and I wanted to find out which chain this was, if it was like one I'd recognize, like Bally's or something like that. But it, it did not let me know who, oh. which, which uh, brand of, of health club that... Uh, Richard Minns developed. But. Oh, that's too bad. Dang, how is that information so hidden? We want to know. It's weird, yeah. Richard Minns has connections, clearly. I demand but truth in the health spa industry. You'd think, you'd, you'd, like, somebody started a big chain of I mean, maybe know, they've stores. gone out of business by yeah, now, but... The Wikipedia page was just a stub at this point. Oh, no. I, I don't even think it existed. Maybe they were stuff. affiliated with Just Sweats. <laughs> I mean, maybe he sold they just sold sweats just sweat, at yeah. the health spa. Maybe. Well, actually, part of the way that he sort of like wiggled into her life was that he hired her as a model mm. for the health spas to help her pay for school and then used that as an excuse to lavish her with gifts and attention. So she quickly fell over heels for him. Then what we see is a scene where he is over at her place and then a woman in a fur coat comes and is banging on the door and says, um, my husband is in your house and I want to see him right now. Oh, Ooh. I guess I spoiled that. Moment. Yeah. Rude awakening yeah. for Barbara. He had failed to mention that he was married. I loved how Robert Sack put that. <laughs> Did I not say? I could have sworn. And then he, his explanation, according to her, is this very manipulative, like, well, I loved you so much that I had to compromise my integrity. Yeah. And I not, felt bad for his integrity. <laughs> and not let you know because I knew that you wouldn't be with me. So can't you see, it's baby, a, yeah. how much that hurt me? to lie to you oh, that's so evil that's so evil so he claimed that he was legally separated but can you be legally separate how does that work i think you can actually like if I've, you've I've, lived I've, apart for enough years i've heard it i don't know if there's a form or i mean it's always on tv but i don't know that i've ever met a person who is Legally currently legally separated. separated but not divorced i think or, it's like part it can be part of your per- divorce, of your divorce pr- proceedings, proceedings mm. so that like your divorce isn't finalized but you're also maybe a de- debt that you rack up oh, that in that sense. time yeah period. so you can't just go and oh, sure. on a shopping spree that makes some sense right. yeah. or if you start a relationship you're not that's not mm-hmm. held against you yeah. as a divorce. I assumed and- it was like a card a judge signs that says, like, okay to date. Right? And then you, like, <laughs> yeah. show it to people. There's like, a big look, rubber look. stamp. Yeah. <laughs> the- well, I assume it's something pretty official because at one point she looks into it and finds out that's actually not true. Okay. He's she goes not. To the, she 
the I don't um, know. she calls the public records. The clerk has yeah. to the okay to date card. Turns out it's not laminated and it's uh, technicality, it's like but regardless, like, yeah. yeah. And I'm sure that's also something that probably varies by state. So this would be in California, and I don't know how they're. Who knows what how their laws work? Richard was lying. Yeah, so. but he was totally lying. So she was mad to find out that he was divorced, and they separated for a little bit. But then he explained how really he had to do it because he loved her so much, and he was really legally separated. And blah 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 blah. So they get back together, and part of his grand gesture to win him back is that he bought this townhouse for him to for them to live in, and said that it was in her name, and that all of the stuff in it was hers. So the wife eventually finds out about this townhouse, and then does actually file for divorce. Mm. Uh, and he does not like this one bit, and that sort of reveals his true colors. That during the after the wife files for divorce, Barbara sees him like his true self. He's a lot more violent. He's getting angry over little things. Um, the wife ended up getting six million and the divorce. And around that same time, Barbara found out that she was pregnant. So he was not happy about it, and there's a really terribly acted, perhaps the worst acted scene I've seen on Unsolved Mysteries yet, of them in a kitchen, and he, like, pushes her, and she's like, you know, I told you I'm pregnant. I I told you. And he's like, yeah, well, abort it. Yeah. Abort it. It felt like they were improving the whole thing. Like it's, they did not have lines so when they walked bad. into the scene. It's so it bad. Strange. Just shouting abort it. Uh, b- um <laughs> but I mean no. Uh <laughs> Yeah, no, but I don't want to. The, you You should did say that, but also I said abortion. <laughs> yeah, so I it's so bad. It's really bad. So bad. So at this point, Barbara feared for herself and for her unborn child. So while Richard was gone, she decided to move out with all of the furniture. We got a scene of the moving guys taking the couch and whatnot out of the townhouse. And then Richard comes home to an empty townhouse that's full only of wailing saxophone music because it's <laughs> the music in this entire it's segment so bad. It's, like, it's, 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 at certain points it's like smooth jazz i don't know it's just completely yes. not it makes no sense i'm in the context of the story i think robert stack found the story more romantic than it is it's actually like terrifying and not romantic at all because yeah why so much saxophone music i, I don't understand I, it, it almost feels like some other TV show was making this and then they cut it or, you know, it was like... It's like soap opera music yeah. set to Unsolved Mysteries. And they were like, ah, crap, we can't actually make this as a whole show, so let's just Give sell it to the, Unsolved yeah, Mysteries. Yeah, like, Unsolved Mysteries, could you do anything with this footage? And they were like, I guess. Maybe. I mean, because this is barely a mystery. Like, there's no... I mean, mystery I guess is where he is, is Yeah, somehow there's a whole book about it. Yeah. So, there's, a, there's a TV movie with Shannon Doherty as well. Oh. Okay. So she moves out. Richard hears a saxophone. He's sad. So <laughs> That's exactly how it went. So um, he was obviously very angry about the way that this uh, went down. So he somehow got word to her that he wanted to meet her at a ho- hit the hotel where he was staying. And she, Barbara says she knew this was a bad idea, but she agreed to go anyway. Not only does she agree to go, but then when he's not there, she just sits in front of his hotel door until after midnight. Barbara. 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 
Barbara, leave that tan in the past. Yeah, you got to move on, girl. You got to move on with your life. Those abs were there, and they were were good, (laughs) but you got to let them go. You got to let the fur... fur Oh, my God, I can't talk. Fluorescent green ski suit go. That that ski suit was great, but there's more... (laughs) There's more to like. There's other guys out there in fluorescent ski suits. Don't be so impressed by philanderers and their townhouses. Okay, so, look. Mistakes were made. She sat in front of his hotel door until after midnight. Richard comes drunk, you know, stumbling back with another broad. And Barbara, which I don't, was that part of the plan? I don't even understand. I'm not. So he she has a plan, but I don't understand how he executes it. No, it makes no sense. So she, so of course, Barbara's like, oh, it didn't take you long to move on. I don't know why I agreed to meet you. And she storms off. Well, Richard grabs her and like pushes her into the hotel room. At which point the police bust in and arrest her or are going to arrest her because he has a an arrest warrant saying that he, she stole that furniture. I don't understand how this works. I think he's bribed the police, but that's not super clear. I'm not sure why they're just like waiting around. He was way late. So I'm not sure if the police were just like hanging out also waiting. Maybe the reason he was waiting was he was waiting for the police to show up. I'm not really sure. I don't know why there's another woman there. I mean, I know that's to make her jealous, but I feel like that should be done separate of this like police thing. I don't know. This whole plan is strange. Made so little sense that I feel like we're not really getting all of it in a certain way. Yeah. There's parts left out. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. How did the police just show up suddenly? Which is the way, at least Unsolved Mysteries made it seem. Yeah. That I do not quite understand. I mean, I do think he's bribed them, or he, because he's rich, has the connections to, like, if he says, like, go arrest this woman, like, that's enough. Yeah. But, well, and as we keep going, I think, ultimately, the, the answer to this mystery, the solution to this Unsolved mystery is that Richard Minns has paid off the cops, like, throughout. Because yeah. all of the questions can easily be answered by, oh, the cops are in his pocket. So it's, it's in a way, yeah, I think they were kind of trying, maybe that's ultimately what it was, is that they were trying to not say that the, whatever town this is, is a detective squad is on the take. Well, okay, um, because, so she sure. is arrested for supposedly stealing this. Allegedly, I should say, I don't want to. Yeah, actually, yeah, definitely allegedly. Probably, always allegedly. Definitely, probably People allegedly, maybe. People have alleged who are not me <laughs> that this is the most corrupt police department. So she <laughs> is So she's arrested for the theft of that furniture and also for assault for hitting Richard with her purse in the hotel. Which he, like, literally was, like, grabbing her and dragging her. Okay. Whatever. So then she is in jail and a detective comes to the cell and is like, we can... We can put this behind you right now. Oh, I forgot about this. Yeah, this is definitely evidence to yeah, the fact yeah. that these All police officers are... All you have to do are... is sign this statement, I'll give it to Richard, and he'll drop the cart charges. And the well, statement was like, I've never known him. I've never yeah. met I've him. I've never met him, despite the fact that she's carrying his baby. <laughs> I'm not carrying his baby. I've never met him. You know, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, what? I'm not signing this. This isn't true. And then they were like, well, then you can just stay in jail for a bit. And there was she- also like five grand in the envelope, too, right? Oh, like, yeah. There was there's also money, money to that. encourage, which yeah. often detectives are like, here, take some money and sign yeah. the statement. <laughs> so, I mean, Very on the up yeah. and up. Uh, she ends up miscarrying while in jail, um, but Richard does not know that. She keeps that information to herself. So then this, she like was going to have to go to trial for this theft. And um, 
assault charge. At one point, the police come with a search warrant to her home, and they just let Richard come in her house? And demand that things be taken away? Yeah, he's just like, okay, so pack up this furniture. We're going to just put it in storage. It's just the most, like, vindictive, ridiculous thing. And, yeah, and also the police are, like, letting him do it. I mean... So now we get to 1980, and she's in the parking lot of a Houston donut shop. So she goes in, she buys her donuts or whatever. She gets back in the car, and she's approached by a man who shot into her car four times. Um, she has some com- collapsed lungs. Uh, it's pretty serious, and the injuries left her paralyzed from the waist down or from the chest down. I'm looking at Unsolved Mysteries wiki. So the bullets collapsed her lungs and severed her spinal cord, leaving her paralyzed from the chest down. Despite her injuries, she remained conscious. And when the paramedics asked her who was responsible, she immediately goes, oh, Richard Mintz. Yeah, of course. Who else? Yeah, Yeah. who else cares? They don't explain how, but they somehow catch the shooter and the, the, like, getaway driver very quickly. Almost immediately. But at first, they don't snitch, and they don't say who hired him. Eventually, this is connected to a man named Bob Anderson, because they're in his car. This is where things get confusing for me. There's a lot of names. I might get some of this wrong. So, it gets connected to a man named Bob Anderson. They're in his car, and they... So, the shooter and the getaway driver admit that Bob hired them, gave them the gun, and lent him the car. And then that he was hired by a man named Dudley. And then that guy used to be a bodyguard for Richard Minns. Yeah, well, clearly Richard, you know, um, operating on the assumption that he is responsible here, put uh, several layers between him and the actual yeah, crime. Sure. So that, I mean, the reason it's confusing is because it's supposed to be. Right? Okay. I mean, is this Hitman mm-hmm. subcontracting? It basically, his, yeah. yeah. It's like, he's, he's, uh, <laughs> so... Nathaniel Ivory and Patrick Steen are arrested within minutes of the shooting. I guess they're just really bad at crimes. I'm not clear at all how that happened. Um, And in investigating, they find a former bodyguard of Min's who claimed that a month earlier, a contract had been put on Barbara's life. There's a really uh, hilarious reenactment where the... Is it, is it like undercover cops or something in the car with the... Or they're yeah. in the car with the hitman and one of them smoking a cigarette and they're trying to like figure out what he knows. It's yeah. wanting to be a cop show and it's really failing it's at really, it. It's really, really badly done. But there wasn't enough evidence to convict Dudley or anything directly Richard connecting to Richard Menz, who was actually never questioned. Oh. oh, convenient. Mm. So, uh, unfortunately, Barbara's first trip out of the hospital was to go to ch- court for those bogus charges. Yeah. That's literally someone has tried to kill her, and she's still on trial for <laughs> furniture theft yeah. and hitting someone with a purse. Oh, my God. Uh, but... As Robert Stagg claims, she never got to prove her innocence because the charges were dropped over a bad search warrant. Oh, uh, is it how they allowed <laughs> her? I don't even know, but also just like, I'm sure she did not care that she didn't get to prove her innocence. She was just like, thank God I do not have to deal with this bullshit anymore. No kidding. Yeah, also, maybe when you have a search warrant, don't let the like offended party just come into and the house. And take things and- away. What? This case is so... So weird. I mean, in a way, it, it's maybe that she, like this, she was being railroaded pretty easily until 
like guns were involved and now like a new you know somebody is gonna have to take this a little more seriously you know right like sure richard will help you set your girlfriend up for uh stealing your couch or whatever and send her away for eight months but you can't try and you can't kill her her, dude yeah um men's actually claimed that her attorney had set up the shooting as a publicity stunt a publicity stunt oh yes you know what might be great for our podcast (laughs) if one of us gets shot (laughs) that makes no sense a publicity stunt yeah no one must get shot for publicity No. You, like, I don't know, have an Instagram scandal for publicity. Yeah, you don't yeah. get shot. <laughs> it makes no sense. Um, so by March of 1981, Ivy and Steen were convicted of attempted murder. Those were the actual shooter and driver and sentenced to 35 years in prison. A year later, Barbara filed a wrongful injury suit against Men's, Bell, Anderson, Stephen Ivory. However, before depositions could begin, Men's fled the country and has been hiding ever since. Didn't she win that, though? She did, eventually. Yeah. So, Anderson was found guilty of soliciting a murder in 84. Bell was found guilty of soliciting a murder of in 87 after one of his employees testified against him. Both were sentenced to 38 years. Um, Bell was released on parole in 91. So then for the um, lawsuit, Mins was ordered to pay Barbara $58 million for wrongful injury. So he was wanted in questioning for the attempted murder and also was supposed to you know, pay this money. I think, like, was it the author that wrote the book about the case or was it her sister or someone who talked about the... The legal battle? Yeah, so that was author Suzanne Finston, who wrote a book called Sleeping with the Devil. Okay, of course. Uh, and there's also a movie, there must be the movie with Shannon Doherty that's based on it. And she mentioned, like, it's it's weird that you could win a civil case against someone who tried to kill you and lose your legal case, yeah. but this is the system weird. we're dealing with. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little less weird to us now having after the OJ uh, situation yeah, right but, yeah, yeah we much more common we're aware that that can happen um so sort of in a, at this point Barbara changes her name to Janie Smith but then begins rehabilitation with a Dr. Gerald Petrovsky which is almost her last name they, yeah and the way Robert Sack was saying it I just I kind of lost it for a minute there like what the hell? <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's just a weird Petrowski to Petrovsky. <laughs> okay, and so in 1991, she and Dr. Petrovsky are married. Um, so here are the results. He was captured, but it's not very satisfying. In July of 1994, Richard Minns, who was 64 at the time, was arrested at the Dallas-Fort Worth airport on suspicion of obtaining several fraudulent passports. He received a four-month sentence. Months? Yeah, and was fined $100,000. In November of 1994, he was deported because he was in the United States illegally. All right, well. He has never been charged in the attempted murder, um, although the police have said they believe he was involved. Um, Even though Barbara did win a $58 million civil judgment, um, on appeal, it was overturned on technical grounds, which... What? Yeah, that was... They really underplayed that... Oh, hey, she won $58 million. Oh, except... Well, except... Except Um, except she didn't in the end. 
Which I don't think she was ever going to get fifty-eight million. Oh, there was for sure. No not. indication that he had fifty-eight. Robert Stack also told us that he he like hid all his money in offshore yeah. accounts, so there was no way she was getting a dime. Yeah, from but Richard I, Mins. I mean, I think the obvious explanation for all of this nonsense is just that he has a lot of influence in the, the oh, police sure. and, and it's just, legal system. Definitely, in the area. it's just ridiculous to me that he wanted her killed. Because he didn't want her to be able to like sue for paternity, but then ended up being sued for trying to kill her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Irony. Yeah. He, uh, he, he is still alive, but has renounced U.S. citizenship and now lives in Israel. Okay. So everything we said about him was uh, alleged, but yeah. I do hate him. I think that's fair. Seems yeah. like a really bad dude. Yeah. It's not that interesting of a case. No. Because it's really clear that he's guilty, and it's just very long. Yeah. Yeah. I think it does highlight that some people really cannot handle not getting their way to such a violent degree, such a degree of being controlling. It's disturbing. Just let her go, dude. You were married. Yeah. It's like all his fault, and yet he still is angry about it. Maybe it's all the tanning. Might be all the tanning. Maybe the, yeah, too much of the sun's rays just zapped his brain. Fried his brain. I mean, it's... it's what other explanation could there... I mean... Sad that there's people like that. Yeah, I but agree. Guess what? We only have one more case to talk about. One more, and it's a, a missing heir, a lost heir. Uh, and I'm searching not for an heir. the heir, which is what's really sad about this yeah. one. Unfortunately. So we're looking for the heirs of Catherine Bennett. And this is an extremely Wait, short Wait, before we mystery. start, should we eat another candy? Ah, uh, sure. Break one open. I Let's have find some cherry out. polar left <laughs> in my flight. Let's find out what a twirl is about. Perhaps it's time for a twirl. Okay, this seems very similar to the flight. <laughs> <laughs> not seeing a huge difference. It the, looks exactly the, like the, the flake. Just a flake that gets another dip of chocolate. Yeah, it is. It's exactly the same. Okay, I mean I'm fine with that. <laughs> well, more for me. More for Liz. <laughs> okay. In 1941, Catherine. Just give this money to me. I could really use it for I the Capybara Ranch. Yeah, most of it's most of it just went back into the state, but. <sighs> Spoiler. All right. In 1941, Catherine Bennett met a soldier named Gilbert Bennett. Or, well, her name wasn't Bennett at the time. (laughs) I mean, maybe it was. No, it wasn't. It wasn't like the last mystery where she changed her name to something very similar to her original name. Uh, Catherine met a soldier named Gilbert Bennett, and they were married six months later. After the war, they moved to Portland, Oregon, where Gilbert worked as a photographer. Catherine was... Um, often the subject of his photographs. They would go fishing in the Pacific Northwest and Wearing usually spend all of their free time together. Jackets. So adorable. Um, in 1980, after 38 years of marriage, however, Gilbert passed away. Catherine never told Gilbert of her past. It was just something she didn't ever want to talk about. If you brought it up, she would change the subject or tell you that she didn't want to talk about it. And My past? I have no past. <laughs> no one really pushed her on it. And then she would throw a drink into the fire. No, probably not. But let's pretend. So no one in her life knew where she was born, anything about her family. They didn't have any children. Um, when she passed away, when he, when Gilbert passed away, Catherine told his relatives that she had 
had no relatives her, of her own and was raised in an orphanage. Eventually, she lost contact with all of his relatives. She became uh, what Robert Stack calls an eccentric recluse and rarely oh, left her home. So glamorous. Most glamorous words of all. We see her like in the cemetery shakily putting a single rose on his grave. <sighs> uh, and then in June 1990, she passed away at the age of 80. No biological relatives could be found. Representatives of the Department of Oregon went to Catherine's house and found um, to find anything of value. And to be real judgy about her house. Oh, yes. And it did seem like, I don't know, after she lost Gilbert, I think she was very sad. Um, they they just things stack up. Yeah. Also, she was old and probably she had no one to help her clean. You know, the, the, if you ever watched Hoarders, the old A&E show, they... There was always a story like that. It was like, oh, everything was fine until this tragedy. And then... Yeah, there's like some emotional event where people can't deal with it. And then I'm sure she didn't want to get rid of his stuff. And then she stops like getting rid of anything. And then cats have the run of the house. And and then they didn't have an exploitative TV show to come and help clean up. And throw away a bunch of things (laughs) and give them like one day of therapy and be like, I'm sure you're fine. Goodbye. Goodbye. See you never. All right. So (laughs) that's the hoarder's (laughs) motto. See you never. They drive away with it. Dump truck. So the representatives of the Department uh, of Oregon went to her house looking for anything they could find of value or a will or any information about potential heirs. The house was in a state of disrepair. There was a lot of garbage and items cluttering it. They found, but however, they found that with social security checks, rare coins, and money from various bank accounts, plus her house, that she had an estate worth more than $125,000. And yet left none of it to me, which is very rude. She didn't bequeath it to this podcast, which is extremely rude. I mean... Yes, we weren't having a podcast then. But it would have been Uh, great seed money to get us started. Yeah. Yeah, Catherine. Think about it. So without a will, her her estate would go to her closest surviving relative. However, with little certain about Catherine's past um, or who her relatives might be, the Department of Oregon is trying to figure out who she might be related to. Uh, What is known is that she was born... In 1910 in Kansas City, Kansas, and that she told her in-laws that she grew up in a Catholic orphanage after the death of her parents. However, a document from 1945, which is three years after her marriage, said that her father died before she was born, but that her mother at the time was still alive and married someone named Joseph Fabic. It it also stated that she had a brother named uh, Martin. Before her marriage... Her mom could be alive and she could live in an orphanage. Yeah. They acted like... That's a good point. They acted like, oh my goodness, we found a hole in her story. It's like, yeah, but you can have a a living mother and grow up in an orphanage. Yeah, Yeah, but there's already been like a dozen terribly depressing unsolved mysteries. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that's... That's not actually a contradiction, but go on. So, in, she has a, also has a family Bible in which her maiden name is written as Bernard. With all of the conflicting information, it has been difficult for the Department of Oregon to locate any known heirs. So, the result is that this case is solved. A distant relative of Catherine eventually came forward and received half of the money from her estate. 
I'm not really sure why they didn't give all of the money to yeah, this that person. Makes, and then the state of Oregon was like, and half for us. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. just that worked out great. It's like, why? Why wouldn't the one relative get all of it then? That's I guess, the unsolved mystery. That is kind of, I guess I understand only giving her half and like waiting for like someone else, maybe a more closer relative to come forward. But after a certain point when you don't find one, wouldn't you just give the rest of the money to that person? Yeah. They're like, I, it actually was a lot of effort to go through her dirty house. So, we're yeah, pocketing like, oh, with this. all the fees it ended up being about yeah i thought that was a little outrageous yeah because when no other relatives came forward the remaining money went to the oregon state treasury so it just disappeared into the coffers of the state of oregon uh catherine is on find a grave so you can go pay your respects there um i thought the photos of her and gilbert were super they're really cute they were just the sweetest cutest couple there was because she was the subject of his photography there was a lot of pictures of her with her cats and just going through life and them fishing it was really adorable and um yeah i guess hopefully they're they're together again yeah, Robert Stack at one point said that they made a universe for two. Oh, I forgot about that. That's and so sweet. So sweet. That is like, really what more sweet. could you want? Pretty much. How did Unsolved Mysteries get this story? Like, I th- this is the most obscure, like, barely a mystery kind of thing. I, I assume the state of Oregon contacted them because they were seeking heirs. They had a no, sliver of airtime after that really long mystery. Yeah. And we're like, hmm, what can we squeeze in here? We don't have time for another Yeti mystery. Uh, <laughs> if only. <laughs> this episode could have really used a Yeti. The Definitely. abominably smelly uh, grave site or whatever. The abominably yeah. smelly grave. The abominably smelly ghost. Yeah. I guess the house probably didn't smell that good. When no, they, they did say it had fleas. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, f- I felt bad that they were, like, going on national television and just, like, judging her house. I was like, she's dead. Yeah. She didn't do anything. Right. Yeah, it was, I, they made a big spectacle about how she had all this money, but she lived in squalor or right. whatever. And it I was think like, she well, just wanted to be in the house she'd lived in with her husband, and she didn't really care about that stuff. Yeah. And they just kept sending her social security checks yeah, whether she cashed them or not. Them, right, so. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah. I just don't think she really cared. She just had her cats in her house and she was fine with that. Yeah, exactly. So, she's a hero in that way. Yes, I think so. I did have a mustache. It's not the greatest. It's from my mystery. It was just a cop. I drew it here. I called it Mr. Puff. That is a beautiful drawing of a mustache. <laughs> it was it was pretty puffy. That it was pretty puffy. It was yeah. like a cop mustache, but bushier. Yeah. So yeah. That was that was. It's not spectacular. I guess um, because there there wasn't as much law enforcement in the episode. That, there was um, there was a shortage of mustaches for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's true. But um, let's okay, let's rate this boring episode Mis- that obviously I'm going to give five Robert Sacks to. Seriousness. Not mysterious no. at all. No. Thumbs down on that. Zero Robert All of these mysteries were solved <laughs> immediately. Um, we get two totally unnecessary updates that we've already covered. At so. the end. Oh, they just threw them on at the end. I hate it so much. Usually they're sprinkled throughout, but they clearly just like, this was like 3 p.m. on a Friday when they were putting this together. <laughs> and they were just like, it's good enough. Yeah. Let's go. Roll it. Yeah, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the reenactments? Actually, I thought they were horrible. Mm. They weren't like, good. Notably bad in my mystery. The acting is the worst acting I've seen on this show. Yeah, there wasn't many reenactments in mine, so I thumbs down, I guess. Yeah. Probably the most thumbs down 
in a hundred episodes. Could wow, wow! Like the really, worst reenactments we've seen. We're breaking records here. Yeah. Uh, fashion. There was actually some cute looks in your mystery from the photos he had of her. That's true, but. Even so, I would just take a sideways. Reenactment. Um, the reenactors in your mystery had some good like sweatsuit ensembles. True. There were some true. scrunchies that I really liked. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Not enough to carry the whole episode we in this category. We didn't really see the fluorescent green No, suit. that would have brought us up. That was just talked about and... Hilariously. I, you know, like, uh, How could you only talk about the yeah. fluorescent? You can't include it in the... That's... Honestly, Unsolved Mysteries, what this are you is, doing? Yeah, that's... Malpractice. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to get some fashion cred without even having the evidence to back it yeah. up. Yeah. So, thumbs, thumbs down. down. And way Robert down. Stack, where was he? He had this episode feels so short because of the stupid updates and the one mystery being too long that I don't even really feel like we see him. No. I felt like there was a there was a uh like an intro to a commercial kind of thing. Oh, I think we did have one of those. But that he wasn't even in the usual it's usually him like walking down a hallway, it's like a full shot. And I felt like this one almost felt like he was in a newsroom or something. It was I think he's oh, supposed yeah. to be in the telecenter. Yes. Where you can call oh, in. Okay. I like, like 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 to give you the impression that if you call you you'll might talk, talk to, to Robert. Robert <laughs> he's just waiting. He's yeah. gonna answer the phone with yeah. mysteries. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> I see. And then okay. he's like, get me the hell out of here. Yeah, Where's yeah, my trailer? Yeah. yeah pretty much um so yeah. i'm gonna say thumbs down actually thumbs down is this the first time we've said thumbs down for every category oh no we've done it lots of times before <laughs> oh, okay. um was that alcatraz probably <laughs> probably <laughs> okay so how i don't know is this a two i would say two to rate it on a stack on a scale of zero to ten robert stacks i guess one to ten uh, robert stacks we only do it to five samantha unless you've like made a new show Oh my god. I've already <laughs> forgotten how to do this. Good thing it's our last episode ever. Yeah. It's uh, almost like you've been at work know. all day and you've had a long day and now you had to come here and record this stupid <laughs> podcast you do for some reason. Almost and like that. No, I think I would give it two out of five, Robert Sacks. I would give it a two. The first mystery is fine. It's just too long and badly presented. But I don't know. I You get a hate and abusive asshole, I guess. Just sure. there's some merit to that. Mac, what do you rate this episode? I guess I'll, I'll, I'll go with two as well. I I mean, it's, it's definitely... It's disappointing, though. It's maybe a one and a half. I mean, I thought it sucked, so... Uh... <laughs> would, you give, would you give it a one? You can give it a one. You I can guess, give I it guess, a zero. I guess this is, a, yeah, yeah, you can do whatever. I mean... I, you could say this isn't even on the scale. This doesn't even rate. I'm not a completist of the series, so I haven't... I can't say definitively, but it's by far the worst one I've seen. Whoa, um, shit. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't good. Actually, it is very... When Samantha told me that there was only two mysteries for the one we were going to do for our 100th episode, I was disappointed. And then when I watched it, I was like, this is even worse even than that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go with one and a half. Okay, I stand by that. Because yeah. yours is kind of sweet. It's just like so really short. short. You blinked and it was over. Yeah. I, so. never, I don't know. There just wasn't a mystery to it. No, it was like there's this lady, no mysterious. Do you know her? You know, I mean, this kind yeah. of. <laughs> Do you, don't you wish you got this money? Yeah. Well, you don't. And I guess when it originally aired, you wouldn't have had the little update saying, oh, they just kept some of it. But the um, government just has yeah. it. I'm sure you're but, really uh, happy with that outcome. But, like, so it, it might have been, like, ooh, maybe I somebody's going to get the, the money. The idea of me time. sitting down on the TV at, like, 1991, and then you find out that you're the lost heir, 
Yeah, oh my god, that would be amazing. That would be amazing yeah. for you in yeah. 1991. That's true. For us, <laughs> for, the, for everyone else, it's kind of like okay. Yeah. yeah. You. She wore a mohair hair sweater and just wandered around the yard, kind of gray garden style. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, maybe at the time, like I was talking about hoarders. This is a familiar thing to me. Maybe at the time it would have seemed like a little more like, oh wow, the, the you know, this That's is just a, a weird, messy house, weird situation. Yeah, I don't, you know, half of TV was about like messy houses in like two thousand nine. Right? That's true. That's true. Um, we actually had this amazing experience once where we were watching the show Clean House, and they had an episode about the messiest home in America, and my friend Maya just happened to stop by which by the way do not just stop by my house i do not appreciate it <laughs> but she just happened to stop by and we, i said oh we're watching the messiest home in america and she said oh is it the so-and-sos and it was like she knew them <laughs> yes she hadn't seen the episode she knew them from her hometown and they were known as being these extremely messy they people were, they had a, a new jersey wide reputation as being the loria family as oh being my like God. The yeah yeah of, she was like oh is it about jersey. the lorias haha yeah. and it was <laughs> because everyone in town knew that they would just throw their dirty lo- they lived in a, in a big very nice house yeah. this is not unlike a lot of shows like this is not a situation of Poverty is not making fun of people for being poor. This is just slobs. They would, in their very nice, beautiful house, just throw their dirty laundry over the top banister of their staircase, <laughs> and it would just pile up to the point where you couldn't open the front door anymore. <laughs> and that's why everyone in town knew, is because if you went to their house, you could you couldn't fucking get in because yeah. of all their dirty the laundry. Like, how did they, they just kept buying new clothes? Or I guess, how did they have I don't so know. much clothes? They did have a lot of stuff. Okay. Yeah, and all of it was on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, buy some shelves, I yeah. guess. But yeah. it was just it was just weird that of, of everyone in the United States, she was like, oh, oh glorious. Yeah. Like, and we were like, yeah. yes. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah. So I think maybe just living through the time where most television shows were about messy homes has sort of made this less novel than uh, you know you might have a point yeah it wasn't really on tv much yeah i remember before that was a trend watching a special about i think it was people who died at home and it took a while for people to know you know like a normal thing you watch tv (laughs) about and there's a famous case of two brothers who one of the brothers died and the other brother just like left him in the apartment is this the newspapers? Yes. The newspapers and he had tons yeah. of newspapers. And then the second brother died because the newspapers fell on him and he couldn't get up. Oh, my. So when they go to like when someone finally figured out he was dead, you know, they go into the apartment, they're cleaning out and then they find like the skeleton or whatever of the other brother <laughs> still in the apartment. And I remember telling my mom about that and being like, I'm so worried this is going to be me. And my mom was like, you don't have a bunch of newspapers. She looked at it very, you, really addressing your concerns. She was like, yeah, you are, you don't have a bunch of newspapers. You're going to get That's covered in, right. yeah. yeah, like sh- books and dresses. Or, you know, and I was like, that does not make me feel better. Really, you really get read the, the newspaper. Yeah, this isn't going to happen to you. Liz, you're illiterate and that's going to save your life. Just get an online subscription. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why we're even talking about this. Hi, Mom. Um, so this week, we're not going to do our usual recommendations. However, 
We do have an annual tradition of putting out a holiday gift guide. Yes. So that is up on the website. If you go to perhapsinsu.com under recommendations, you can select gift guide. And that has a little list of gifts that we say you should buy. Why do we do this? Just because I want to. It's a great gift guide. I just like making wish lists and shit. No one pays us to put those things on there. We don't get any money, just like everything we do. Affiliate marketing thing with the links or anything like that. Is there a a gift on there that you could specifically get for Liz? Yeah, I made sure to put on something specific. So it says things like, I don't even remember what I put. For your favorite goth. And then it has a recommendation, right? And one of them is, for me, Liz (laughs) (laughs) I was supposed to come up with one for myself, and I I forgot about it. Well, maybe we can still add one. Sure. Anyway, so that's up. You can check out our annual gift guide to help you find some more unusual things to give the cool people in your life. We don't have any gift ideas for boring normies. Liz is great at picking out gifts. I like, really love it. She like it's an accept it's a talent that you just excel at. Honed as a skill. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the gift guide is exceptional. Uh, and then maybe we'll take a moment to look back on our 100 episodes. We need some like. Yeah, music or something. <laughs> I thought it would be good to talk about our favorite things from the show. Do you want to start? Yes. So my favorite unsolved mystery segment that we've done. I still have to say Kurt McFall. I mean, that's a class. That's what started it all. That's what started it you all. You have to say that. This the summer that they put unsolved mysteries on Amazon Prime. Samantha started watching it, and she was like, "Liz, we were at a coloring night." And I don't even remember how it came up, but I was like, okay, you need to... I, we were probably talking about Satanic Panic. Probably. And I brought up Kurt McFall. I was like, you have to watch this. Unsolved Mysteries is on Amazon, and this episode is bananas. And then I I think it took me a while, and I finally got around to watching it, and then I was like, this is the craziest shit I have ever seen in my life. Look, it's a, it's a sad story, but the way that Unsolved Mysteries handles that case is so bizarre and inappropriate and hilarious, and I could not stop talking about it's it. It's just, at one point, there's there are teenagers playing D&D in a subway parking <laughs> yeah, lot, it's, it's and really this is nefarious, and there's a... was cool. Yeah, it's really... <laughs> it's just, cool. not only because father not accept that his son was dead which i can't imagine how hard that must be he also could not accept that his son was a nerd yeah. <laughs> and his son was a nerd and i'm sorry, sorry. it's just true <laughs> and, uh, your kid your kid wanted to play D and larp in parking lots and it's okay and you should people, love your nerd son a lot of people say my son is dead and a nerd but i insist he is cool and alive <laughs> But more, more importantly, <laughs> cool. Cool. <laughs> more importantly, cool. I'm tired of hearing people saying my son was a nerd. He was killed by Satanists. Um, so I have to, I have to, to me, that's always going to be the best one. It's always going to be the most memorable. If we had been able to shut up about that, we probably wouldn't make this podcast. Mm. But we could, and we still can't. To we this day. Still we still can't talk up. about it. And if we, and then Alexa wouldn't go, well, maybe you should make a podcast about Unsolved Mysteries. And we went to God, maybe we will, bitch. <laughs> maybe we will. It's hilarious to me that you would call Alexa, yeah. someone who most of our listeners don't know, a bitch, because she's literally the nicest person she's on the planet. She's literally the sweetest, nicest person on earth. So for her to be like, oh, I don't know, maybe make an Unsolved Mysteries podcast. Maybe I will, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Watch get, it. Get really, Find get out. Get in her face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah. 
<laughs> so that wouldn't have happened without the Kurt McFall case. Yeah. It's, it really brings a tear to my eye just thinking about it. My favorite unsolved mystery is, this is going to surprise no one, but the magic rock. Oh, so we were looking forward to talking about that case for so long, and when it finally happened, it was just pure joy. Is that the same episode? Pure joy. It is not. It's a few. It's a few episodes later. But it's just the way that man, the police officer in the reenactment, (laughs) stared lovingly at the rock while the gentle flute music played. It's just our conviction that that was not a mystery ever. It was just completely made up by unsolved mysteries. Still, was really lucky. (laughs) Still, the fun. Yeah, they had like a a clothing store, and then they became like a strip mall tycoon because of the magic in the rock and a candy store. Yes, he had like it's like what a child thinks they would do with money. If I had. Yeah. Good luck. I'd buy a movie a theater and a candy store. Yeah. Um. The, the magic rock is a gift that keeps on giving. It's, it's beautiful. Yes. Listeners have sent us magic rock. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm like having watched the the episode we were talking about just now and like being like, oh, this really sucks. I I honestly was like. Now, it's good to remember that the show could be fun. These are always zero stars. We have to think about these things because a lot of times these episodes are a dud. Sometimes it is we do literally say, why do we do this? That's true. But then we have a Magic Rock segment. I feel like runner up for me is the nudist. Oh, see, that was going to be... I'm surprised that neither of you picked that one. That's your nudist one is the the obvious winner to me. Yeah, It's a close second. The, the Austin colony. Powers, like the way uh, that they carefully block the, each yeah. shot so you can't see his wiener <laughs> is so good. I mean, they don't quite do the like holding a banana out sort of thing, but it is like <laughs> one so... time it's a potted plant <laughs> right. on a table, and then the guy that has like a garbage bag he's carrying yeah. to the trash can and it's just <laughs> strategically placed in front of his junk. It's just TV gold. It's so good. It's so cool. The, uh, the other one I want to give an honorable mention to. Hi, Lenny. What's your favorite mystery? Uh, Every hero dog is his favorite. Is the segment where the Jesus statue blinked? Oh, and that's and that's the mystery. Is did the statue blink? No, it did not. It didn't. (laughs) Spoiler alert: There's there's before and after photos. The statue never blinked. But what's amazing to me about that mystery is that when they show the before and after photos side by side, they look fucking the same <laughs> it's not even like they took it at a slightly different angle or something it's just like the same photo twice and the fact that like they literally have a guy get up on a ladder it's to examine the eyes of- <sighs> everything about it is so wholesome it's just like pure unadulterated wholesomeness the catholic church has to chime in and say you know we don't believe that a miracle has happened here but we will entertain more evidence if it becomes available it's just completely wholesome that they yeah and why would why why would god use a his power statue to make jesus not look at something for a second <laughs> okay so then favorite moments from our show the superior show perhaps is you <laughs> I, my pick is so obvious. Jasmine. Jasmine is such a classic. <laughs> I have to see this as a thing I never would have discovered without the podcast. I was just on Twitter trying to drum up those Twitter followers and came upon this thread 
that this beautiful, amazing thread of people saying, let's see the weird shit in your parents' house while you're home for the holidays. And one of those things was Jazz Loon. I now have a CD of Jazz Loon. <laughs> that was you don't know what Jazz Loon is. It's literally someone took the music jazz and combined it with the sound of loons <laughs> and that's for jazz some loon. reason and it's supposed to be relaxing i guess but i laugh so hysterically whenever i hear it that it's not it's not relaxing jazz wolf not as good but same yeah. concept oh, with yeah. wolves i almost forgot yeah. about jazz yeah there wolf. is jazz wolf i'm waiting for like samba whale or, or jazz honey badger <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like screams <laughs> Jazz Loon is really like it's it's just a beautiful masterpiece that should be in the Louvre. I agree. I agree. My favorite, maybe not my favorite, but at least like it's up there is when we decided for unknown reasons to do an episode of Bar Rescue for our one year anniversary, <laughs> which not only has nothing to do with Unsolved Mysteries, but is like the most random TV show I could probably it's ever think of. because we talked about it on the show. We talked about the butt funnel on the show. And so then we were like... Which is not a funnel to put things in your butt. If you haven't listened to that episode, if this is your first episode ever listening to perhaps it's you, it's not a funnel that you put in your butt. <laughs> Well, maybe a butt funnel is that, but also like the butt funnel TM that Bar Bar Rescues John Taffer uh, invented because he's an inventor uh, of bar science is like just something that like funnels people into a closed space, which Liz pointed out is just a fire hazard. <laughs> yeah, most people call it a fire hazard, but John it, Taffer calls it a butt funnel. It funnels people into a small space so you bump butts, I think, together. It's supposed, and then, to, it's supposed to create the sexual tension before you go in the dance floor. energy that Tina makes Belcher's you. Tina Belcher's dream is people yeah, touching butts. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. But then that somehow makes you order more drinks. Yes, you stay yeah. in the bar longer because you want to like bone on the dance floor and you get thirsty and you have to I don't know guys buy women drinks I don't know how it works exactly but it's science it's science because you would be like let's leave and bone it's bar science no 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 it's bar science but anyway yeah we were talking about that and then for some reason decided to do the pirate episode of bar rescue for our one year anniversary you know what no one really complained people like no one asked for it but no one complained about it either so I guess that was a great moment in podcast history not even the history of this show this history of all podcasts <laughs> beating out cereal <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah when, when people look back on the decade of podcasting yeah. they'll be like and remember when perhaps you randomly did that bar rescue episode hats off to them <laughs> We just said, hey, it's our podcast. Also, when we did Chicken People for Patreon, so random. Yeah. But also so fun. <gasps> okay, I but I have to have a second one that I might like even more, actually. Okay. Is that when we got, seriously, one mean email. <laughs> one mean email where a guy told us, quote, the cackling has to stop. And my immediate reaction was to put that on tote bags and sell them. <laughs> so I took a mean, misogynist, petty email and turned it into cold, hard cash. We sure did. Which we just put right back into the show. And the cackling has continued. The cackling has continued. It's now a hashtag. Uh, we wear it with pride. And yeah, that might be our crowning achievement. It's really... putting that criticism on a tote bag. Win gold foil, nonetheless. I tell everyone with a podcast, if I see someone on Twitter saying like, oh, I just got this bad review. And they said, you know, I have a voice like a goat. I was like, put that on a tote bag. Sell it. Your fans will buy it. <laughs> 
your people will find you. That's a weird thing about podcasting. How did anyone find the show? I have no idea. No clue. And then when you have something like that, they will be generous enough. One person bought five of them. Yeah. Wow. Mac, do you have a, a favorite moment of us being so hilarious and witty and charming? <laughs> do you have any compliments you'd like yeah, to give Yeah, now's your chance. Now's your chance. We're really open for some compliments I right now. Mac's I, favorite part is when we turn the heat back on. Yeah. She can't come out of it. Okay. <laughs> shivering under a blanket. Thank you. Thank you for being done. Uh, I think I'm looking at your, your shadow box of gifts, and I think that the one... Um, to speak for the audience, the the one you got the most sort of toys about would be the Porpoise of oh, Justice. Oh, uh, yes, yes. man. The Porpoise of Justice is a classic. It's inspired by a guy with too many boats. <laughs> a guy with too many boats. And then we got multiple Porpoises of Justice made for us and yeah. sent to us in the mail. Yeah, homemade Porpoises of Justice. And this there's, one there's came like in a week. Like this one from Studio Crafty showed up like. So fast, a crocheted purpose of justice with a tiny little police hat. Yeah, I mean, all this stuff is amazing. Mary Jean made those aliens with the trench, the tiny trench coats. Yeah, I think in a larger way, just the yeah, the 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 fact that anyone would send us anything is amazing. That continues to blow my mind. And now we have this whole box of chocolates. That's amazing. Oh my god. Okay, I think we can wrap it up. It's been 100 episodes. It's, you've been good to us, <laughs> listeners. Thank you so much. We would have listeners. never have eaten a cheesy without you. We would oh have my yeah. God. never taken a sip of polar water, perhaps. We Think about really it. We've really been on a lot of adventures because of this podcast. Yeah. We have. Ghost tours. Ghost tours. We went to Chicago to a festival. Yeah. We met Dangerous Linda. Yeah. This, is, this podcast has improved my life in every conceivable way. Yeah, I agree. Ugh. I'm so warm in my heart right now. Me too. Well, here, should we cheers? We should cheers. We should cheers. 100 more. 100 more I need some polar water, though. It's bad luck to cheers on an empty cup. Thank you. All right. All right. We're going to raise a glass to 100 episodes. To 100 more. To 100 more. To 100 more. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for cheers. listening. All right. So you can follow us on all of those social media things. Twitter. Facebook. Instagram. Instagram perhaps it's a- you. Facebook group. We desperately need your five-star reviews because our ego gets inflated by them. And yes, we need we that to keep going. Yes, we do. Uh, we also desperately need your spooky stories. We are fast approaching the end of oh our God, season. We, we probably will have to take a few, a week or two off maybe for the holidays. Uh, scheduling conflicts happen around this time of the year. But the end of the season is still coming fast and we need those spooky stories. So yes. email them. Perhaps it's you podcast at gmail.com. There's also a form on our website. Perhaps it's you.com. And if you want to hear even more content, if 100 episodes is not enough for you, then you need to sign up for our Patreon. That's Patreon slash Perhaps It's You. There's 22 episodes of that now. And you get instant access to the entire back catalog, and you only have to give us a dollar. You can give us a little more if you want some other cool stuff. Liz designs a coloring sheet every month. That's pretty rad. Um, But you can give us only a dollar, and you get a bunch of bonus content. Yeah. If you want to hear that Chicken People episode, it's on there. I mean, why wouldn't you want to hear that? Yeah. It's great. And we are going to release this month our X-Files episode about home. Get get excited. Like, you're going to love it. Okay. Yeah. That's everything. Thank you so much. All right. I'm going to have like a little like happy cry now for 100 episodes. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>